Welcome to the Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Ness, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. We've been off for a little while now, and one of the reasons was the recent ice storm that crippled major parts of the Willamette Valley for an extended period earlier this month. So as we return to more podcast episodes, I thought I'd grab a meteorologist from the National Weather Service to talk about freezing rain and why it's so impactful here in Oregon. Before we get rolling, I want to highlight the sponsors of this podcast that make it possible for us to hire and pay outdoor journalism interns for the work they do every spring, summer, and fall. Our first sponsor is the American Forest Resource Council, supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast, which reminds you that winter safety is paramount, especially during king tides and heavy rains that characterize this season. To stay safe, it's crucial for residents and visitors to be aware of high and low tides and coastal flood warnings. Stay informed, heed warnings, and be prepared for rapidly changing conditions to ensure winter safety on the Oregon coast. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department invites Oregonians to explore parks this fall and winter to experience the beauty of those seasons. If you're camping, remember to get firewood from sources local to your destination to avoid bringing invasive insects, such as the devastating emerald ash borer, into parks. This will help preserve the health of Oregon's forest for seasons to come. Learn more about protecting Oregon's ash trees at stateparks.oregon.gov. Okay, up next, we're going to take a dive into freezing rain and ice in the Willamette Valley. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, welcome to the podcast as we kick things into high gear for 2024. As I mentioned in the intro, this has been a slow start to the year just because I've been so busy with news reporting. And like a lot of you, I was locked in by the ice storms that hit Oregon in mid-January and lasted for about a week. Having spent most of my life living in Minnesota, Montana, and Oregon, I feel like I'm pretty used to snow and ice and everything that comes with it. But this freezing rain event was something to behold. Widespread roads that were literal sheets of deep ice. Tens of thousands of people without power and hundreds of thousands of trees were damaged. This was a storm for the ages. I did a lot of reporting on the ice storm with a focus on Eugene and Springfield, where some areas got over an inch of ice. And for context, that's just a ton. I've never heard of an entire inch of ice from one storm. And the thing was, it wasn't just one storm. It was two with a freeze in between. The pictures of the graveyard of trees in Springfield were harrowing. The city had more than 20,000 city trees damaged alone. At one point, there were more than 50,000 homes without power in the South Willamette Valley. Schools were damaged and closed for a week or more. 
gridlock on I-5 was so bad, some people had to sleep in their cars. And even the delivery of safe drinking water to pipes was badly disrupted in multiple places. In some ways, it was even worse up in the Portland metro area, which didn't get the same level of ice to begin with, but had to deal with the winter weather for a lot longer, leading to some really tragic accidents and a number of fatalities. The chaos of the week got me thinking about freezing rain events. In the Willamette Valley, snow is often seen as a cause for celebration, while freezing rain is increasingly looked on with the deepest of dread. To figure out what's going on here, why we get freezing rain instead of snow, and what about the Willamette Valley leads to these nasty storms, I reached out to the National Weather Service for some answers on all these questions. So that's what we're going to get into next. All right, well, joining us to talk about the ins and outs of freezing rain and what made these recent storms so impactful, I'm joined today by National Weather Service meteorologist Chris Burling. Hey, Chris, thanks for taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, so why don't we start by stepping back a little? It's not out of the ordinary for the Willamette Valley to get snow, and it seems to happen maybe once or twice per winter, or at least there's that threat and everybody gets real excited about it. But freezing rain and ice storms are something else entirely. So in your time as a meteorologist and, and your understanding of you know Portland, the Willamette Valley, how often does this does this happen? And does it always have a big impact the way that we saw, or was this kind of an extreme example? Uh, this was definitely an extreme example. Uh, so if we look at how often freezing rain occurs, it's really about the same frequency as snow in the Willamette Valley. As you mentioned, it tends to happen once or twice per winter. Uh, we see the same with freezing rain. If we look back through the climate record, on average, we see two days each winter in Portland with freezing rain, and one day on average each winter in Eugene and Salem will have freezing rain. Uh, now, many of those winters, that freezing rain will just be on the order of a couple hundredths of an inch. It will melt quickly, so not too big of a deal in terms of impacts to infrastructure. However, every two to five years on average, uh, we'll see these higher ice accumulations that really lead to the problems such as we saw last week. Okay, so this was a this was a, an issue of like of scale of like just the amount of ice compared to other like we get this sometimes, but it's maybe you know roads get a little slick or maybe there's a few power outages, but when we get this amount of ice, that's what brought the big impact. Is that is that a fair way to sum it up? Absolutely. So what leads to the impacts like we saw last week are just the sheer amount of freezing rain like we saw in the South Valley near Eugene and Springfield and just how cold the temperatures are and the duration of that cold. So that really makes all the difference in terms of whether you just see slippery roads for a few hours or if you see the large-scale impacts with power outages uh, such as we saw last week. You know, and I was also told that it was that extended freeze that had a big thing. You know, it came in with a lot of ice building up, but then that ice just didn't go anywhere for, geez, three, four, five days, even more. And so it felt it felt bigger because that ice didn't just melt away the, the way it does some years, correct? Uh, that is correct, it's, uh, particularly in the Portland area. 
uh, we were below freezing for five days and that doesn't happen all that often in the Portland area. So uh, without that chance to warm up and melt any of what was already on the surfaces, that just really exacerbates the issues and just doesn't allow that ice to melt off and go anywhere. It just piles up on the infrastructure and on the roads and it uh, leads to these uh, larger scale issues that we see just because of the sheer duration of the cold weather. Yeah, you know, I talked to just kind of exasperated, uh, you know, city managers and utilities managers down in Springfield in particular, because they just they were like, you know, it came in with this crazy amount of ice, you know, almost an inch in some places. But then it didn't go anywhere. And just as they were starting to get like power restored, they got a second wave. So that, that's that got to be pretty unique and brings me to my next question. I mean, could you compare this storm to anything in recent years? I mean, I remember the gold standard two thousand. 21 when Salem had something like 260,000 people without power. But this one was like a one-two punch with a freeze in the middle. Did this compare to anything or was this like, where does this storm rank, I guess, in terms of impact for the last, I don't know, five or 10 years? Uh, So I think for most, the most immediate comparison is the 2021 event, which you mentioned uh, that led to those widespread issues. Uh, I also do recall uh, December 2022 events that affected mostly Eugene and Springfield, not so much uh, the central and northern parts of the valley into the Portland area. Uh, That was kind of a smaller scale event. We didn't see the widespread power outages on the scale that we saw this time or in 2021. Uh, But that would be another that comes to mind. I would say just in terms of the magnitude of this event, the the last one that most people are going to remember is that uh, event from two years ago, back in February of 2021. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about what's actually going on with freezing rain, because it's kind of a weird phenomenon. So, you know, if if you were just talking to somebody who had no clue uh, what was going on, how and why does freezing rain actually happen? Like what's going on on the meteorological level? Uh, So what freezing rain is, is simply rain that freezes on contact when it hits a surface. And for that to occur, you need two things. First, you need a layer of sub-freezing air uh, at the surface that's going to allow that rain to freeze when it makes contact. But you also need a layer of warmer air aloft. So that's going to ensure that instead of snow, you're going to have raindrops falling through the atmosphere. Then when they encounter that sub-freezing layer near the surface, that's going to allow that rain to freeze. Uh, So it's really just those two ingredients. You need colder air at the surface that's below freezing. You need warmer air that's above freezing above the surface. Okay. And in, in the case of the most recent storm, and this is just my understanding of it, we had kind of northern cold air that got trapped sort of at the valley bottoms. And then we had kind of southwest, warmer, moist air that kind of came in over the top, forming the, that kind of two layers you were talking about. And then, you know, the the warmer system kind of rains down, doesn't have enough time to turn into to snow, and it just freezes on contact. So is that a good way of summing it up? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, we just had cold air already in place at the surface. We had a warmer system come in that Uh, provided that above freezing air above the surface, but we held on to that cold air at the surface. And that's really the ingredients we need for that freezing rain. Uh, Particularly in the Portland area, uh, we had east winds through much of this event that were just giving us a steady supply of cold air through the Columbia River Gorge. 
that's what led to the duration of this event and allowed us to stay below freezing for so long, even though we had that warm air aloft, uh, particularly in the Portland area. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here to hear from our sponsors. But when we return, we're going to talk about what it is about the Willamette Valley that leads to some of these particularly nasty ice storms. So stay with us. Tiffany Roddy with Roseburg Forest Products. As a professional forester, I was drawn to Oregon by the trees and the vastness of Oregon's majestic outdoors. I'm proud to work for a family-owned, fully integrated wood products company with a deep commitment to our industry and our communities. Roseburg's sustainably managed timberlands are open for recreation and provide natural wood products that help make people's lives better from the ground up. We are proud members of AFRC, sponsor of the Explore Oregon podcast. Learn more at amforest.org. This message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. The Tillamook Coast welcomes you for local coastal adventures. And while we invite you to explore the natural beauty of Oregon's coast during the winter season, we also advise you to be aware of winter weather and plan for it. You may picture yourself hiking through lush forests, beachcombing along rocky shores, or discovering tide pools teeming with life. Yes, the Tillamook Coast offers a unique playground for outdoor enthusiasts and nature lovers alike. But nature's power is undeniable, especially during king tides and heavy rains. Stay safe by checking tide schedules and monitoring coastal flood warnings. Always keep an eye on weather forecasts and road conditions. Remember to pack essentials like water, flashlights, and warm clothing. If you plan to hike, avoid areas prone to landslides during or after heavy rainfall. Explore our region's winter wonders, but do so with safety in mind and a deep respect for the forces of nature. To learn more about winter weather on the Tillamook Coast, visit TillamookCoast.com and plan your unforgettable winter journey. Yeah, I mean, is the Willamette Valley just good at trapping that cold air? Like when it when it gets in, does it just because of that valley nature of it, does it just kind of trap that cold air and hold it there, even if there is warmer air trying to push it around? Uh, absolutely, uh, very much. That's what's happening. Is um, once that cold air gets into the valley, uh, cold air is more dense, so it sinks. It stays close to the surface. And it can be very hard to scour out that cold air when we get a warmer system coming in. So that's uh, kind of what leads to uh, the frequency of the uh, freezing rain that we, we do see in the Willamette Valley. Yeah, because it's also interesting. I live, you know, just on the edge of the foothill. So I live a little bit out of the valley. And a lot of times I don't get nearly as much. Like they get more freezing rain down in the valley than we do up here kind of in the foothills and stuff where it's almost warmer and that's that's like the inverse of what you expect because normally like the higher elevation you go the more like winter weather you get but it almost seems like the opposite in this case yeah absolutely and that's something that we commonly see that the areas that are closer to sea level will end up with the most freezing rain simply because that cold air is more dense and concentrates at the valley floor 
Uh, so as you get into the foothills, it is warmer and oftentimes uh, it will just be rain up there or there'll be less freezing rain because the temperature will be a little bit closer to freezing. So that's a pretty common scenario in these freezing rain events. I'm curious about that, the dynamic, because there's a great graphic that you guys have that kind of shows like the warm air aloft, uh, it shows the cool air at the bottom. And then there's sort of like degrees. There's like there's like rain, snow, sleet, and freezing rain. I mean, with freezing rain, does it just fall and there's just not enough time for it to turn cold enough? Like it falls too fast? Or what's the difference between freezing rain, sleet, and then snow? Is it just the duration it's exposed to cold enough temperatures? Uh, that's right. It all has to do with how warm that layer is aloft and how deep that layer is aloft. So if you have a deeper, colder layer at the surface, then that gives that rain falling through the atmosphere enough time to refreeze before it hits the ground. And that's when you see sleet. So sleet is just basically a snowflake that melts into rain, but then refreezes before it hits the ground. So you get like these little uh, ice balls that accumulate on the ground, like we saw in the Portland area way back at the beginning of this event. Mm. Uh, whereas if you have a shallower cold layer near the surface, then it doesn't refreeze before it hits the surface. And that's when you get freezing rain. Yeah. As for snow, uh, that would simply be when the entire atmosphere is below freezing. So you just get snow because the snowflakes never melt before they hit the ground. So it all has to do with how much warm air there is aloft and how deep that layer is. Is Oregon kind of, uh, I don't know, ground zero for freezing rain? Like, are there other parts of the United States that have a similar phenomenon? Just because, I mean, I'm not familiar with it in a lot of other places. Does it require that sort of dynamics that Oregon has, or is it kind of a, is it a widespread phenomenon? It can be a widespread phenomenon. Um, so those areas can get freezing rain, but everything kind of has to line up just right in the atmosphere for that occur. Uh, what makes this part of Oregon kind of uniquely well-suited for freezing rain is those terrain effects. So uh, as we were discussing earlier, uh, the Willamette Valley tends to be very good at trapping that cold air near the surface. It also has that supply of cold air near the surface because of the proximity to the Columbia River Gorge. Uh, so terrain does play a big impact here in Oregon, and that is why we would tend to see more of it here uh, than maybe some of those places east of the Rockies. Gotcha. Okay. Well, in the Willamette Valley, and this is just, you know, myself and just about everyone, you know, snow is often seen as cause for celebration. Kids love it. It's a snow day. Well, freezing rain is definitely looked upon with with dread, um, especially after, you know, 2001 and after this year. So why, why is freezing rain so much harder on infrastructure than snow? Uh, the simple answer is just wait. Um, so you think of snowflakes, they're lighter, they blow around a lot more. They tend not to accumulate on power lines and other infrastructure, whereas if you just have freezing rain, uh, so just ice accumulating on these surfaces and adding weight to those lines, it just has a much bigger impact than you would see if it was just a snowstorm. Okay, gotcha. Because the snow is just light enough, it doesn't it doesn't build up. It just kind of flakes onto the ground. Whereas the freezing rain can just I've seen it like build up on power lines or build up on trees. Correct? Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Okay, so I mean, this is an El Nino 
winter. And the whole idea is, you know, we, we talked a lot about how this is going to be warmer than normal. And then all of a sudden it was just very cold. So what happened there to kind of bring us from what felt like a pretty warm winter into a very cold one, at least for that week? Uh, so it is an El Nino winter and there is skill with El Nino or La Nina in predicting seasonal patterns. Uh, so while it is true that we can expect warmer winters on average in an El Nino winter, uh, it still does not account for variability that we'll see within that winter. And that's why we can still see events like we saw last week where it gets very cold and we have these winter impacts. Um, so when we see an El Nino winter, uh, we can say with some degree of confidence that, for instance, the December through February period on average is going to be warmer, uh, but that still doesn't take into account individual days and weeks within that three-month period. Um, so it really is kind of a question of scale um, of just periods of days versus just periods of two to three months as a whole. Okay. Well, anything else that you'd add about the most recent storm or freezing rain in general? Anything interesting that jumps out to you? I think the main takeaway from this storm is uh, just for people to be prepared for the winter weather. This was just our most recent reminder of the severe winter impacts we can have here in Northwest Oregon and in the Willamette Valley. Uh, so very important to prepare the best you can for these events to happen where you might be stuck in your, your home for several days without power. Uh, just make sure you're prepared for cold temperatures and uh, have an extra supply of, of uh, food and water on hand or where to acquire those things to the best of your ability. Uh, so I think my main takeaway is just this is our latest reminder that we have to be prepared for winter weather here. Yeah, always an important thing. All right, I've been talking to National Weather Service meteorologist Chris Erling. Chris, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. All right, well, that's about all the time we have left in today's show. If you liked what you've heard, check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com explore along with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, beginning with the American Forest Resources Council. AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest, for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforests.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. And thanks to the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department, which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in Oregon's outdoors. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the Explore Oregon podcast.